Welcome to Clickbait and Switch, a marketing podcast that tries to cut through the bullshit and hook you up with what you need to know, what you don't, and what stories should be getting more love than they're getting. I'm Mark Delinsky. On the other mic is Gisela Slizer. On today's show, we're looking at small steps in the greening of Black Friday, Netflix tries to be TV in France, and some major updates face major backlash with your favorite platforms. Well, we're going to start with Black Friday Cyber Money 2020. This year, something a little bit different, something a little bit special is Shopify has announced that they are offsetting all carbon emissions from Black Friday, Cyber Monday for their order deliveries, which is pretty cool. Very cool. According to Shopify, for every package shipped, an average of one kilogram of carbon is emitted into the atmosphere. I have no idea what that means. Like one kilogram of carbon, it seems like a lot. Well, it's, it's certainly when you start adding it up, all the packages are going to be shipped. Yeah, especially in this coming, I mean, already these weekends are crazy in the context of COVID is even crazier, right? But you also think that Black Friday this year started like mid-October. It just seems like it's been endless this year. Very true. But for context, Mark, last year, during Cyber Monday, Black Friday weekend, 25.5 million people purchased from a Shopify merchant. So I can assume that this year that number is going to, I don't know, double maybe? Certainly going to be a lot more. And they also said that 19% of all orders were cross-border, so they ship from one country to another. So that's adding even more carbon. I assume that's rolled into their account, but that's still a lot of transit. Yeah. So this year's commitment from Shopify is part of their sustainability fund, which they announced in September, I think. And they're committing to spending a minimum of $5 million a year in the most promising technologies and solutions fighting climate change. So this is part of that process. And they also have ongoing efforts to offset carbon emissions. Like, I don't know if you've ever purchased anything on Shopify, but there's the shop app where you can track your order. I am a fan of tracking orders, but I don't think I've done it from a Shopify site. So you can you can see how you're offsetting your emissions. Interesting. From your shipping. So that's kind of cool. But we should say that they're not the first ones to do this. That was Etsy? Yeah, Etsy was the first major online shopping destination to offset 100% of their carbon emissions. It's going to be interesting when big players like Amazon also are starting starting to do it, you know, full heartedly rather than just paying lip service to it. Yeah, if you're wondering what Amazon is doing this uh, year to offset carbon emissions, I don't think there's much on the table, <laughs> but they did commit to be net zero carbon by 2040. So it's in the works. So anyways, moving on. Moving on, let's move on to the bait this week. And that is Netflix is testing out ways of reinventing itself by turning itself back into linear TV. And of course, trying something that is inspired by TikTok. For all of those who may not know, linear TV, old fashioned TV was when you had to sit down and there was a TV schedule and it played shows, you know, for you. You didn't choose the shows. They told you what shows are playing at what time. And that's just how it happened. So they're trying TV, which is hilarious. Like TV, TV. Like TV, TV. Like not even like funky pause on demand like it's tv yeah you can pause it and go get yourself a snack and then come back because you'll miss everything yeah i mean i guess they're trying to capture that whole thing where everybody's watching the same thing at the same time and you can create a community experience it's kind of like a sporting event which is what tv used to be when you would watch like you know the final episode of seinfeld or the final episode of friends or whatever and you would all go to work the next day or go to school and talk about that but the world doesn't live like that anymore this is a stupid idea. <laughs> I would say so. I mean, we'll see what they say. They're testing in France for now. I mean, maybe I have misjudged the French people, but I mean, I got to think they also enjoy, you know, TV on demand like everybody else. <laughs> so this is a stupid idea. I thought it was a stupid idea until you just mentioned the parallel with live sports, which 
now gives it a cool factor. But live sports is unscripted. You're comparing scripted versus unscripted entertainment. That is true. There's nothing quite like an unscripted sporting event. Like even like you think Game of Thrones when that was going on, everyone was trying to watch it and like talk about it. But it's still not the same as in the moment drama of a sporting event. I don't think. They're also trying one more thing. This one's not in France. I think it's in the UK, but it's only for like a select group of Netflix users. And it's something they're calling fast laughs. So basically it's TikTok-esque because it's like a feed of video that you can swipe up and get lost in forever and ever. <laughs> and it's uh, funny stuff. I mean, it's called fast laugh. So it's like previews of their other shows that they're showing on Netflix, but it's like a little teaser. So they're making TV trailers, they're making little trailers, and turning them into vertical TikTok-style videos. That is correct. With the added feature that you can add it to your Netflix watch list. This is still stupid. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. I'm kind of, I'm open to this one. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We'll check in with that later. So we're going to move into the Switch. So here... This week, it is platforms versus their creators. There are a lot of things going on between updates to different platforms that are starting to really piss off the different creators, starting with the fact that a little sort of follow-up to things we've been talking about on this podcast, Apple has cut its developer fees. So for companies that are making less than $1 million in revenue, the App Store is changing their fee from 30% down to 15%. So that's cool. As of next year, that's what's going to happen. But people are still pissed off, Gisela. They are. I mean, the Basecamp chief technology officer is super pissed. He's saying, he tweeted something like, if you're a developer making a million, Apple is still asking you to pay 150000 just to process payments. Which, I mean, it's kind of fair, no? They're allowed to charge for their service. I, I would say so. Like Basecamp wouldn't be able to have an app in the App Store if there was no App Store. And Basecamp's not free. And Basecamp is not free. So what would be reasonable, according to um, this gentleman? Reasonable things would be the choice to use a different payment processor. So they can have competition, basically, because they feel that the App Store is a monopoly. And the right to tell their customers that the software is for sale without any like kind of linguistic contortions, which I guess are part of the current requirements for the Apple Store. And also Spotify is angry, which I'm sad about because I like Spotify and I like Apple. <laughs> I don't like it with my friends fight. <laughs> They're using a distributor to sell their services and make money. They are. It's only normal that the distributor charges you for those things. They're upset that you know, people haven't invested their whole lives into other forms of entertainment. Like, okay, BlackBerry, like they didn't create apps for BlackBerry and BlackBerry died. Mm -hmm. So everybody's on Apple. Everyone's on Android. Those are your two main choices. Deal with it or make your own fucking phone. <laughs> So this is turning into a bait, but I think it's a, an important discussion that we need to have in this day and age. What is fair for app stores to charge or not charge? And what are the fair expectations from app developers? Apple does feel that this is a very kind of cutting edge and new industry leading program that is going to help accelerate and innovate small businesses because they're targeting what they're calling small businesses. I haven't heard of um, the Google App Store doing anything like this yet. Maybe they'll follow. Are they still yelling at Google and the, in their store? We don't hear that as much. But we don't hear that as much. No, Apple's, Apple's an easy target. Yeah. And so another instance of platforms versus creators is Twitch, right, Mark? Yeah. So Twitch recently got into a bit of trouble because they're moving into a new system that they now have their own 
soundtrack system so you can incorporate music that is under their licensing agreements so any music that hasn't been incorporated in the system or that the users the creators themselves do not have the rights for has as of last week got pulled because it was copyright infringement it was music copyright infringement by the creator the issue i guess here is that twitch changed this rule and they purged all of these videos without warning anybody yeah they didn't handle it well did they and then they basically said you guys need to know copyright law if you want to get upset at us which didn't go over so well yeah and some twitch creators have like their livelihood on twitch they depend on this so they were upset that all of a sudden all their content disappeared they didn't get a chance to download it to record any like stats or anything like that so it's a fair anger in my opinion but once again the onus is on the creator they're creating content on a platform that is where their livelihood is being made. Mm-hmm. You do need to understand and and you are beholden to them in a certain way because you are using their platform to make money. They're obviously making money at the same time. That's how the system works. And generally speaking, you're not allowed to use other people's music, their imagery, all that stuff without their express written consent. That's copyright law. We can't do it as advertisers. We can't just be like, oh, this is a great little thing from Taylor Swift. I'm just going to use it and plug it into my ad. No, of course not. Like we have the same rules. Totally. And it also, I mean, this could be a whole other podcast again. I feel like we say that every week. But (laughs) another important factor that this brings up is that brands that, for example, don't have websites because they feel like they could live off of social media, for example, and just have all their information there, but they're directly tied and dependent on social media. Tomorrow, Facebook decides to close their doors. You're done. You're done. That's why websites are very important and owning your own data and your own content is super important. So one last thing we should say about platforms versus creators. So it's YouTube. YouTube is, according to update to the platform's terms of service, will be running ads on some creators' videos, even if the channel doesn't qualify for the YouTube partner program. So these creators will have ads on their content but won't be making money off of it. They can apply to be part of the YouTube partner program, but it's not necessarily guaranteed. So this is sort of like the extension of YouTube just saying, okay, we're going to start making some more money off of these ads. Deal with it. Yeah. So long story short, I think we're entering a new frontier of relationship between creators, developers, and the platforms. It's going to be an interesting 2021. Very interesting. On that note... We're done. Thanks to Cloudrick for providing support for our podcast. We should state, obviously, these opinions are hours and hours alone. So that's it for me, Mark. And Giselle, any final words? That's it. Let us know what you think. Give us a rating. Spread the word. Sign up for our newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. There's a link in the notes. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye.